From politics to the paranormal, it's the Kevin Cook Show, and your hosts, Kevin Cook and Heidi Hollis. Well, good evening. It's good to be with you for another edition of the Kevin Cook Show, and I've got my trusty co-host Heidi Hollis with us, and uh, we should have uh, Michael Brown of SpiritDaily.com on with us, and uh, we'll just have to see what's happening out there in Florida. <laughs> in any case, uh, <laughs> I don't know, Heidi. Uh, things are just uh, awry out there. But uh, got some interesting information uh, this week. Uh, oh, uh, get okay. You know, we had a show on 911 not very long ago with Jim Mars. Or at least right. I, think, I think that may have been one you weren't on for that. I'm not whether really you were on board for that show or not. But anyhow, the 911 issue is still a burning issue. And we've talked before, you and I, that people are cynical as all get out. You know, they think, I mean, it used to be they call you a truther. Now they make, they act like you're the village idiot if you don't think yeah. 911 was exa- exactly <laughs> as described. Okay. Right, right. And 60 Minutes, That's I, I do love CBS, I have to admit it. And uh, I love Florida, CBS, and Spanish women. <laughs> but, but oh, anyway, boy. <laughs> and doggies. But, but uh, what it is, is uh, CBS had a 60 Minutes piece, I don't know if you saw it or not, last Sunday, that said yes, without question, without fail, uh, that there's a whole mess of information that's still held uh in the Capitol building, actually, uh, under extreme, uh, you know, secrecy. Uh, and only a certain number of congressmen can read it. They have to be on the right committee, like, you know, the Intelligence Committee or whatever. So, in other words, very closely held info. And uh, In regards to 9-11? In regards to 9-11 and the, the run-up to it. And the, the gist of it is, the gist of the 60 Minutes piece, which was very well done, was... Mm-hmm. And they, by the way, 60 Minutes interviewed the guys that were high-level intelligence guys and, and congressmen and what have you that had actually read this information. And uh, they said, yes, it's hot smoking stuff. It needs to be released. It's ridiculous that it's not. And on both sides of the aisle, both uh, Paul Ryan for the Republicans and Kristen Gildebrand of New York on the other, both petitioned that this thing be, you know, released. And what it is, the... The gist of it is, Heidi, it's not the whole it's not the whole truth, okay? It's not the whole blood and guts of it. But there seems to be a strong Saudi Arabian input into the hijacker business. For the government <laughs> and the survivors' families, I mean the you know, the deceased people's families uh, are trying to sue Saudi Arabian government. Oh, and, I mean, it's a whole – and think about how messy it was. If you remember correctly, the only people in the air right after 911 was the bin Laden family. Yeah. I mean, does that smell a rat to you? It smells pretty foul. <laughs> I mean, and then, of course, we know there's so many holes in it, but, I mean, it went on and on. And, I mean, generals have read it. Congressmen have read this stuff that have been in the right uh, clearance. And it definitely – make the case for Saudi Arabian influence and participation. And that doesn't mean that's the only people that participated in this, but the gist of it was, come on, people, the, the <laughs> somehow these bozos uh, came from Saudi Arabia that didn't even speak five sentences in a row worth of English. And 
They make it through flight school in Florida. <laughs> just learning how to turn a plane. <laughs> uh, yes. I mean, you know, just I mean, just the ridiculous uh, combination of events. Anyone that would believe it was as stated is really a lunkhead. I mean, uh, you know, I've, even I post stuff on my Facebook page, you know, talking about yeah. the conspiracy and people getting angry about that. So there's still. I know. Sides. I know. I know. They used Crazy. to not get so angry. Here's the that is weird, Heidi, because when it yeah. first came out, you know, people would smart out you and say, oh, you're a truther. And I said, yeah. And I said, Wait. I mean, basically, you know, I told you about the Catholic radio guy. Like, yeah, I mean, I was nice to him because, you know, Catholic radio station. But still, I mean, uh, there's been others I've not been so nice to. And what I'm saying is, but they weren't the vehement stuff you're talking about. I mean, they make right. it out like some kind of pedophile or something if you're on the level of a pedophile if you're talking about this. Well, great Scott, you'd have to be a, a you'd have to have the brains of a caterpillar. And that's being too hard on caterpillars <laughs> to to believe that it was as stated, really, honestly. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of on that page too. I mean, there's there's just too much, too much out there. There's too much, and this just just underscores it. And this isn't even the tip of the iceberg of it, because there's been way oh Heidi, there's been way too much Saudi Arabian influence in our politics. And one of their princes we might have mentioned a while back said he'd spend thirty two billion out of his pocket to finance Sharia law in the U.S. to promote it. And I'm thinking, you know, first place, Heidi, that should be illegal. I mean, I've not heard of that. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's not any kind of pipe dream. That's exactly true. And I'm thinking, now, wait a minute, that is illegal. I mean, any other government anywhere, any place would say, oh, you're not going to go <laughs> by uh, politicians and uh, what have you just so you can promote Sharia law. I mean, Heidi, there's only. A million, uh, what is it, like three million Muslims in the whole country of 330 million here. It's not like we're just running over with Muslims or something. And do you realize one million of them are New York City? Well, I, I'd like to know where that information came from, though, in regards to, uh, you know, him putting that much money into it. Oh, it, type in uh, Saudi Arabia, Google Saudi Arabian prints 32 billion to promote Sharia and it'll come up. It will come up. All right, I'll take a look. It's different, but 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 I'm just saying there's and it's and you know it's well known. Hillary Clinton's been bankrolled by uh, what is it uh, Saudi Arabia and what's that other one? Uh, oh, Bahrain or whatever. And, I mean, there's all kinds of Saudi money floating around the background of the, our elections and everything else, and it's enough to it's enough to make a buzzard throw up. It really is. And I was just. I know I have a lot of funny colloquialisms, but, <laughs> but you know, come from the Everglades, is what you say. But what I'm saying is... It, it just shows how Texan you are. <laughs> no, no, I'm not Texan. No, they, they don't know the stuff. I, matter of fact, the Texans that, that really have an ear for it, like Ken Cherry, no, I'm no more Texan than I'm a cantaloupe. But, uh, but no, uh, what it is, is this is just flat wrong. It's just flat wrong, and I'm glad that you and I can feel vindicated for being suspicious of it because, you know, if all, if both sides of the congressional aisle are just frothing at the mouth to get this thing released, then, then there's a good reason. There really I, is. Yeah. I'd say that there's something to it. It's just, well, it's, it, it's yeah. just, it's upsetting though, because it's our own government. 
Our own yeah. government is full of crooked rapple. <laughs> right? it, it really is. It's sad. I Very saw a sad. picture of Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton and the little daughter, whatever, Chelsea, all wearing the little um, costume, you know, the head piece, you know, with the Arab thing. And uh, just smiling with some Arab. I mean, I guess they just grabbed a briefcase full of dough and you know, were posing for a picture and then they were going to hit the plane. But oh. I'm just saying, I mean, it, it's so crooked. It makes you just shake your head and want to just have a cigarette and stare at the ground or something, you know. But uh, but anyhow, that's that's what it is. But I, you can feel vindicated. But that's just one part of it. There, there's other parts that that are much more damning than just the Saudi Arabian influence, but yeah. well, we had a show yeah. on that. But, uh, and also, Weird. we're just about we're just about ready to the first break. Now, I don't know from people uh, whether Mike Brown is going to be able to be with us. He will be on okay. Well, he'll be on with us. And then uh, we have much to talk about Padre Pio in the second half, so it's a real, real Catholic-oriented show tonight for a girl that went to a Catholic uh, college. <laughs> I'll, I'll learn something tonight. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, I don't know. Uh, I, I would think so. But then, you know, golly, after four years of Catholic college, eh, what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you can't just, I mean, didn't the nuns take you aside and slam you up against a wall or anything? Uh, no, some of the theology students uh, sprinkled holy water on me, though. That was interesting. Good. Good, that's good. Okay, well, we'll be right. We'll be doing our first break, and we'll be right back. You're listening to IRN, the Inception Radio Network, Chicago, Illinois. Hello, Inception Radio Network listeners. This is Amanda. Remember, you can take your Inception Radio shows on the go. Just download the Inception Radio Network app for your iPhone, iPad, or Android smartphones and access live shows, past shows, guest lineups, and much more. Just visit the iTunes Store or the Google Play Marketplace and download it today for free. Don't I have a computer? Is your internet connection down? Don't worry. Use your trusty cell phone or landline and call into our listen line at 401-283-6700 to listen to the Inception Radio Network 24-7. Again, that call-in number is 401-283-6700. For the Inception Radio Network, I am MJ. You didn't forget what's coming up tonight, did you? Hi, Inception Radio Network listeners. This is Amanda. Never miss that interview you were looking forward to or the show on your favorite topic. Follow IRN on Twitter, I underscore, R underscore N, and get reminders about the evening's live shows as well as fun and important updates throughout the week. That's I underscore, R underscore N, and never miss a great show again. Are you a fan of Inception Radio Network? Do you reckon it's the best alternative talk radio station on the planet? Well, if you do, head to facebook.com forward slash Inception Radio Network and like the page. Tell your friends, spread the word, and keep listening to the best.
Dios. Michael Brown on with us with SpiritDaily.com, which is a tremendously, uh, oh, uh, excellent uh, website, Catholic website, and you don't have to be a Catholic to read it. The Protestants are welcome. <laughs> and there's all kinds of interesting material uh, that you can find there. Uh, Mike, how are you doing there? Good. How are you been? I've good been be with okay. You it is very good to have you back, and I, I do read your uh, your website just about every day. I, well, no, I guess about every day, yeah. And uh, it, it's very uh, helpful to me, and it's it's uh, very uplifting. And uh, Michael, for those not familiar with it, spiritdaily.com. It's a giant website, uh, and there's all kinds of things that are very confirming of one's faith, if you will, and insights into the goings-on in the church and, uh, and a lot of other areas. And... Uh, I really, like I say, I really enjoyed it. I'm sure you would too if you uh, listen, if you uh, got into it. Well, thank you, thank you for those, thank you for those kind words. Appreciate it. Oh, it's without question. But you know, I I might discuss in brief before Heidi gets on. Oh, I'm back. I'm here. Oh well, that's okay. Well, Heidi can listen <laughs> to this too. Yeah. Now, Heidi did go to a uh, Catholic college, but something went wrong. She's. <laughs> oh. Hi, Heidi. Hi there. How are you doing? <laughs> Good. Thank you. But but. What happened is, you know, Mike, I, I'm an okay guy. I mean, I'm not the worst guy that ever put on shoes or anything. <laughs> but I, I am kind of a little bit grisly. And uh, yeah. I, I've, I have had a rough upbringing, and I'm just, you know, just kind of an old gorilla in a suit kind of guy. But what it is, is ever since I joined the church in 2004, all kinds of stuff happens. And we talked about little confirmations of oh, your faith. And, you know, I've talked, mentioned them to Heidi. And uh, I mean, it's been going on for the whole 12 years. And, uh, and in brief, I mean, all kinds of things, you know, uh, chills through my torso the first time I crossed myself with holy water going to Mass. And, uh, It'll do it to you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And, and then I, the thing was, I talked to the deacon who was in charge of the RCIA program, and for those not familiar with that, that's uh, basically Christian initiation and of adults, you know, uh, for confirmation of the church from other denominations. And uh, he said, Kevin, you're not the only one that's had that experience down at that church. In other words, the chill when you first applied the holy water. I, and it's probably uh, burning sensation. You're probably mistaken it. 
No, no, it wasn't an exorcism. I mean, I've heard that before. No, it wasn't. A little partial exorcism. But no, it wasn't that. But, I mean, did I, did Mike, did I ever tell you the St. Patrick story? No, no. Now, I told Heidi, but this is really good. And I'm not trying to usurp the program from you, but I'm just laying the groundwork for some things you no, can do. No, go ahead. It's your show, Kevin. Well, I guess it is. But, but what I'm saying is uh, I was early to Mass. And, you know, I'm 20 minutes early, and I figured, gee, I don't want to sit for an hour and then sit for 20 minutes now. I'll, you know, mill around a little bit. And uh, so I, I had a little internal debate. Uh, I said, well, I'll, I'll go to the bookstore and uh, – then there was a little internal debate. Well, I've got everything I needed. I don't need anything at the bookstore. I have nothing for me to, you know, get. And then it was like an then it was an emphatic thought: is go to the bookstore. Okay, okay. So I'm on my way to the bookstore, uh-huh. and and then I, I get a notion: is ask for a St. Patrick holy card. And I don't, you know, even though St. Patrick, you know, I'm Irish, yes, but even so, I, I not. Uh, in other words, I didn't give so much thought to St. Patrick as a patron saint. Okay. So what happens is I've been going to this place for years, over a decade, and uh, I've never had anybody in front of me in the line. Because, you know, it's a big church, but, you know, everybody's usually got what they need. At the, uh, it's not many bookstore participants. Okay. So I'm, I get right in back of a, a lady and her mother who are vexing about not finding the St. Patrick Holy cards. Uh-huh. And, here I've, and here I've been... Ba- basically mentally arm wrestled into going to the bookstore to kill time. And uh-huh. then there's this, then there's this conversation about the St. Patrick Holy card, which I would have never, in other words, it just would never come up. The chances are much better that Sophia Vergara will show up in a limousine after the show tonight and, and miss me <laughs> off somewhere. I mean, that's about how likely that was an event. And also Mike, I don't know whether you're a gambler or not, but uh, I have to confess no. I am. Uh, well, I, I am. I'm a terrible gambler, but but uh, not terrible. I mean, not to excess, but I mean, I, I, I enjoy it. I play poker and things, and I know about odds. What I'm saying is in, in horse racing, there's what's called an exacta, where you have the results of like three or four races, and, you know, they're, you know, one set of results is so much of a chance of likelihood and then the next the then the next set of uh, results is, is predicated into it the chances of all these sequence of events is happening at st elizabeth and seaton's and keller is about probably 50 trillion to one that it's an accident in other words this is real stuff it's not anything of some and you know uh you know, Heidi knows me fairly well, but I'm not someone prone to imagination. I mean, if things happen, they happen. If they don't, they don't. He imagines and, me being a, a nice little Catholic girl one day, though. Well, it's maybe too late for you. Maybe, well, maybe not too late. I don't. You're still not in your thirties. I guess it's possible. <laughs> oh but, God! But what it is, though, is Mike. These are fine little confirmations. And what happened was two years ago. I had a, uh, a commemorative coin from of St. Kateri up there in Our Lady of Martyrs Shrine in Orysville, New York. She's the first uh, Native American saint. Yeah, I did Well, it's a beautiful place. And that's, yeah. where, I experienced the, that's where I experienced the odor of sanctity up there. Uh, that's uh-huh. what really knocked me to my knees. But, but what happened is I had a commemorative medal from St. Kateri, and I had the Monsignor bless it. And then I go out to the parking lot, and I almost get run over by a car from New York. 
<laughs> and this is Keller, Texas, a suburb of uh, Fort Worth. It's not a long way from New York. And then uh-huh. a week ago, and finally, to bring the story up to speed, a week ago, I'm in Mass. And I'm thinking about a guy who's like a second father to me in Atlanta. We had a business there. And uh, he just, uh, you know, he's a really good guy. Uh, he and I were partners in the business. And I just was missing him, and you know, like, uh, like a relative that's dead during the mass, and which is strange because he's been dead low these many years. I go out to the car right after that in the same parking lot, and there's a car from Atlanta, Georgia, parked right next to me. And, yeah, a little synchronicity. Yes, but I mean, to think that all these things are all just luck of the dice is just not going to happen. No, there's no such thing as coincidence. Not that much of it. <laughs> no, no, not that much of it. None of it. No. And I, I, I'm sure you're, you've received hundreds of stories similar to this over the years, I'm sure. Because when, we, we, when we die and we're on the other side, we're going to be astonished at uh, how God wove everything together and how there, there were no wasted moments and how everyone whom we have met was uh, meant for us to meet, however fleeting and we're going to see a oh, we're yeah. going to see a, ta- a tapestry. We're going to see a mosaic that we never imagined. That that, that a lot of things were put together, and and, and we we're just blinded to it. But uh, yeah, sure, go ahead. Well, I I just one thing I think would be an excellent topic for a book, and I, I'm hesitant to write another book because it was such. I mean, Heidi's written. Heidi's a Christian author herself, and she's written what half a dozen books or so. Uh, I've got six published, but I've got like five more needing to get out there. Five more? Yeah. Good Lord. Uh, you're but, a glutton for punishment. <laughs> but, well, it's, it's, hard, it's hard to get a book out there when, uh, you know, I've written paranormal books, but I've also written Christian books. And these publishers don't want to touch it with a 10-foot pole because you've written something on the paranormal. And that's just a crying shame. So I don't get that. My, my first book was on psychokinesis back in 19... 19- 75. Well, they can't find it on Amazon, apparently, because if they are letting you publish with the Christian publisher, man, they're wicked to me. Well, I I mean, I think they understand understand the concept of conversion, I hope. I don't know. (laughs) Well, now, my my golly, how many books have you written? I've seen many different books on the website. About 25 or 26. Yeah, I thought it was quite a few. uh, Very cool. But... uh, I, oh, used no. to write secular, I used to write secular books. I wrote a book, uh, speaking of gamblers, on the mafia in New Jersey. I, I, I wrote oh, about I love the mafia in New Jersey. Yeah. About uh, about toxic. Uh, I used to write for like Simon and Schuster, Random House. I, I when I was in New York City, and I you know I I wrote uh, I, I exposed the Love Canal case. I wrote a book called Laying oh. Waste: The Poisoning of America. Oh, holy and smokes! I, you know, that's awesome. You got a reference I, under your pot in your pocket. I'm right here waving. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, so I, I, you know, I used to, uh, you know, I used to be around the horn there. So I, you know, I know where you're coming from, and I, I know the occult stuff and yeah. dangerous stuff, dangerous stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, some but, of it uh, is, some of it certainly is. But I, you know, I, I just, uh, I know for me, like I say, I, maybe I'm just too flat lazy. I mean, I did write a book on Marian apparitions, but that's, that was what I felt I was supposed to do, and I think I've done my. Well, that's a that's a good book to do. Yeah, it was a very good book. I mean, I'm not saying I, you know, was on the bestseller list, but it it was a book that was needed. And actually, they're just now going to put it in the Spanish language. Uh, so, good for you. Dis- Congratulations. Dis- 
Well, I mean, I don't know. I probably won't, uh, you know, buy a house in the Hamptons over the money. But, yeah, but, but you know, you know something going through. You're you're, you're saying you won't touch it with a, a ten uh, foot pole. But going through the psyche stuff, parapsychology, all that really occult stuff um, gives you an insight into spiritual warfare and right. uh, that you otherwise would not have. So. Uh, you know, God brings us through different experiences and allows certain things to happen. Some of them through our own stupidity, but He brings good of it when we when we let Him. Yeah, I think truly when we allow him, when we allow Him to. Truly, truly, yeah. I, I don't know. It, it, we'll see. You know, I think what's meant to be will be. So I, I keep it going. <laughs> well, I don't know, That's but right. I mean, I guess I just, I just maybe I'm just flat too lazy. But one book I did think has a real uh, place to be written is uh, or need to be written is uh, on instances that happen on joining the church like I had with the holy water and I, I, my understanding is in a lot of RCA classes perhaps half a dozen will have similar kind of confirmations that you're in the right place at the right time and I think if I don't know if someone I don't know whether Catholic Digest even still exists does it or, or not any longer that magazine needs to have. Yeah, I, I, I probably does. I, I, w- I will say it probably does. Well, it must it be does. in a diminished form. It must be in diminished form because uh, they used to have like little free copies in the church, but those dried up here a couple of years ago. And uh, that Heidi, that was like a version of Reader's Digest, only it was Catholic Digest, and it had a lot of interesting stories in it too. Hmm. But, yeah. but what I was thinking is a fellow could advertise in the back of that to get uh, RCIA uh, participants that maybe had a com- uh, spiritual confirmation, if you will, like we're discussing. And uh, I think you'd have hundreds of responses. Well, you know, I, I remember during my own conversion, like I said, I was writing a book on the mafia. I had a deal with, it was uh, it was based in Newark, New Jersey, which is heavy traffic for mafia. And, oh. and uh, you know, I was everywhere, hitman and all these other, I had to hide out for several months with a guy who was in a witness program. But anyway, to make a long story short, um, when I had an experience that involved uh, a, a series of dreams that had to do with the Archangel Michael, and oh. you're talking about you're, you're talking about confirmations and so forth, um, I, I found out later that that very same weekend that I had this experience, my mother had purchased for me, even though I wasn't at the time a churchgoer, had purchased for me a, a statue of the Archangel Michael. So, in wow. the first in, in the first church uh, I went back to, Our Lady of Good Counsel, which I had passed a zillion times because I used to eat out in the cafes and bars every night in, in the Upper East Side of New York. But uh, I had passed it so many times without even knowing it was there. You know how Manhattan is, but. Uh, sure. Uh, it was a beautiful granite thing, and I discovered that, and I had the experience where I felt holy water really do things I didn't think it did. I thought it was just a kind of a ritual. And right. But at, at, any, at any rate, uh, you know, I, I, I later on I realized that Our Lady of the Cop, that whenever my grandmother would send me a card for birthday or Christmas or whatever, she would always uh, sign it, Our Lady of Good Counsel, uh, you know, uh, look over you, and so you know. Yeah, these are these are confirmations. Well, I mean, I've been a lot. Of, if I if I live to be two hundred years old, which of course I'm not, but if I did, I will never forget experience the odor of sanctity up there, Our Lady of Martyrs. I mean, 
Mike, I even tried to work a deal out where if I, how about I just croak here if all this goodness is out there, let's just cut the preliminaries. <laughs> and I really was trying to work the deal out, but they said, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> hit the road. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah that, that's, I used to live right at, I used to live in the Albany area, so I, we, I oh, would yeah. go there. And, and that oh, uh, little like, uh, uh, Lowland there, what, what do you like call it, where the martyrs were, you know, that was very, oh, yeah, very Rose or whatever it is, yeah. But, yeah. but uh, in fact, I spoke there with Maria Speranza one time, the mystic from uh, Venezuela, who who used to be surrounded by the odor of sanctity. I used to smell it around her. Um, oh, I tell you what, we're just about ready to come to the break at the bottom of the hour. Let's uh, let's hold that story till we get right back. And I want to mention once again to folks that spiritdaily.com, it, it's refreshed. I, I think Mike gets up at the crack of dawn to <laughs> refresh it like four or five in the morning with new stories every day. And there's all kinds of links on there, too. To all, I mean, just two, 200 links, maybe, of everything from the Fatima Shrine to all kinds of Catholic organizations. It's really uh quite a repository of information but i just i enjoy it i love that site you always send me cool links from it well thank you let's go to our break let's go to our break and we'll be right back okay kevin you're listening to irn the inception radio network chicago illinois Hello, Inception Radio Network listeners. This is Amanda. Remember, you can take your Inception Radio shows on the go. Just download the Inception Radio Network app for your iPhone, iPad, or Android smartphones and access live shows, past shows, guest lineups, and much more. Just visit the iTunes Store or the Google Play Marketplace and download it today for free. Don't have a computer? Is your internet connection down? Don't worry. Use your trusty cell phone or landline and call into our listen line at 401-283-6700 to listen to the Inception Radio Network 24-7. Again, that call-in number is 401-283-6700. For the Inception Radio Network, I am MJ. Heidi Hollis and well, actually, Mike, I, it's funny you did that investigation of the mob up there in Newark. I uh, I was kind of adopted by a mafia family at one time, and uh, I uh, 
I didn't go to work for them uh, as such, but <laughs> they did love me, and I, I have to confess, I love them too, still do. But uh, it was interesting insight into things you don't usually know about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, these were these were some heavy hitters from Newark, and it was very. Uh, when I look back, I wish I would never have touched it with a. You know, I, I wouldn't oh, I go anywhere. I, I, well, it I, was. Uh, it, it, you know, it, you get fleas. You know. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. Well, I didn't go to work for him. I just went along my way. But still, it was interesting. Right. But it, no, it's, yeah. You don't, it's, you don't it's think a learning kind experience. Of well, you don't think that kind of power exists, but it does. But uh, now Heidi lives in Chicago. That's I, I, you like, know, I, I, when I was doing that mafia book, I mean, yeah. it was funny because I, at one point I was in this Furline Mercedes with this uh, with this hitman who had. He was an informant on us. He was still on the streets, and he had agreed to let me interview him as a favor to this detective I knew uh, in, in Essex County uh, Prosecutor's Office. And so we met in an alley because obviously they didn't want anyone to see me get in his car. And he drove me around showing me where this other guy was writing about had, had done his, quote, work, unquote, and where they had, had dumped bodies, asphalt plants, and so forth. And, you know, when I was talking to him and he was just talking about murder in such a casual fashion yeah. you could just sense this evil and i didn't really know what evil oh, right. was i i you know i figured there, there might be a devil but he, he's he's busy with linda blair i don't have to worry yeah, about some him, philosophical you know? thing yeah. and yeah. and uh, before you that was the beginning i had to come i had to be hit over the head with a bat before i came back to the church and and uh well, thank God for the, for getting hit over the head with a bat. <laughs> well, I'm I'm glad it, I'm glad that happened. No, I know exactly what you mean. I, I've run across people that were truly evil before, and it was a feel that came off of them like a stench. And I know that, but uh, but you know, I'm not an evil person. I didn't go into that. I mean, I I just went into sales. It was a lot less and not, a lot more innocuous than uh, knocking people off. But I mean, it was an interesting offer. But uh, no, Mike. Uh, but on a happier note. There's so many little mild confirmations that I think a, a book could certainly be written, and you may be the one to write it on confirmations upon taking the RSA program or upon confirmation on conversions, basically. Uh, I know there'd be 100 or 200 stories at least that you'd get hold of for similar experiences. Well, it's a good angle. It's an interesting angle. Oh, I, yeah. I don't think there's anything out there like it. Uh, I mean, as far as any books I've ever heard of. And, because uh, cer certainly that's when God often moves with signs and signals and wonders and yes. whatever. And, but when, I mean, you're when you're coming back. But, you know, Mike, the thing is, I was basically raised an Anglican. And uh, I, well, I did have a brief sojourn in the Methodist ministry, but I left that. But uh, my, I had a couple Methodist student Methodist churches, but uh, the Heidi's a Methodist, actually. But uh, I think, aren't yeah, you still? Yeah. I, I am still one of them, even though I do not. Uh, I, I'm not a church goer, but, you know, oh. um, I, you know, I, I guess to, to elaborate a, a bit, because my background's a little, little, little bit different than uh, Kevin likes to, to say with, because uh, <laughs> he just says, I'm not Catholic. Like, that's just all it is. But I, I was, I, I needed to be thumped upside the head, too. And coming back to the church, I had experienced some odd things, uh, you know, very, very, very strange things that I put in my first book. 
And I was just about to put out my first book on the topic of aliens and shadow people. First book on shadow people. And uh, I, I had put, I was skeptic of those who claimed to have seen Jesus and everything from a tree trunk to a bowl of soup. And I'm like, if Jesus were around, I think I would have seen him by now. I, I put that in my book. And I was a couple of months away from publishing it. And lo and behold, he showed up. <laughs> smacked me upside the head almost to mm-hmm. wake me up to, you know, I, I guess he saw I was a decent person, um, you know, about to make a major mistake. And uh, he showed up to me now five times. I put four of the, the visitations in another book called Jesus is no joke because I, that's all I could say to people. I'm like, wow, Jesus is no joke. You know, I'm, I was blown away. Um, I, but he never said, Hey, Heidi, I haven't seen you in church lately. So I didn't go back into church, but you know, my faith is unshakable. And I feel that I've cheated in my faith level because it is something that is just so a part of me. And, uh, and again, I could not get that book published through a regular publisher because I, I was known for the paranormal. And, you know, the Jesus book is my highest rated book, and it was the number one in near-death experience category on Amazon for about eight months. (laughs) Oh, really? You you know something? I I tell people, too, you know, and and of course, just quickly to say that Jesus Jesus is Jesus when he comes to you. He doesn't need a church to come to you. But, you know, churches have their role. They're a, good, they're a tremendous discipline, and they're narrow yeah. gate. But, but I, you know, I, I, uh, I, hear, exactly, uh, I hear exactly what, uh, what you're saying with that. And he, you know, you look at all these near-death experiences, and, and the power of Jesus is just amazing. Yeah. He, he, he is the sovereign over all religions, and he comes to wherever you are and greets you. And if you reject him, then, then you, you know, you've got problems. Yeah. Um, but, but he gives you a chance, and he gives you tests. That's what life on Earth is, a series of tests. And often the teacher is silent during the test. Uh, yeah. And, and honestly, you know, had he not come and shown himself as he did, I would not be doing anything that I'm doing now. Honestly, I, I really wouldn't be. I, I didn't have the nerve to do any of it. But uh, he told me, you know, don't worry about what others say. You know, know that I'll be there to give the word. So even every time before I even come on this program, I, I look to him up as in the sky. And I'm like, you promise you give me the words. And so I'm holding you to it. So, I mean, I, I don't uh, I don't do anything without that, you know, behind me. So, I mean, what you do with Spirit Daily, it's it's mind-blowing, and it's I think it's yeah. an awesome thing to be able to contribute to such a, uh, you know, something that reaches out on so many different levels and brings stories forward that just don't get enough attention. I mean, that, no, they don't. that's they really awesome. Don't. I, I wish I could do such a thing. You're, you're so freaking lucky. That's all I got to say. <laughs> well, you know, everybody's lucky, and everybody has an equal role, you know. It's just that uh, it's different role. I mean, you know, I it's a we all have our crosses and burdens. I mean, that that I've worked on that website uh, seven days a week for 16 years without one single day off, including wow. when I'm in Africa, including in Africa or Europe or wherever, you know. Um, and and you wouldn't so, do anything you know, different, it, would you? <laughs> no, I mean, I I just you know I just want to I I just pray that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, and I think that yeah. that everyone oh, has an wrong, equal yeah. equal role in God's plan. And it, it, a truly equal role. I don't care what they're doing, if they're a janitor or if they're working the 7-Eleven. You know, smiling at people all day as a clerk in a supermarket can be a tremendous ministry. 
And 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 in God's plan, God, what's important to God is far different than what's important to us. Being an author like myself, or yourself, or a speaker like what I do a lot, uh, you know, I think it's just what we're doing here. But it doesn't make us big deals, you know. It, it's it's what we it's our intention. It's yes. what, it's the purity of intention that means a lot to God. Truly, truly. I, I think that's that's absolutely true. Uh, now, are you are you any, having speaking engagements coming up in the short order? Are you going to tell folks about? Or? Well, we're 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 going to do we do retreats now. Uh, I used to travel a lot. Uh, you know, I mean, like like you're mentioning with books. When the Blessed Mother wants to promote a book, boy, let me tell you, you don't need anything else. When I was a secular author, I mean, I've done a Today Show several times when it was actually a big show. You know, there used to be just three networks, no Internet. Mm. I, I, I did Phil Donahue. I, I, I did Oprah's show when she was local in Baltimore. You know, oh, I, did really? hundreds, I did hundreds of radio and TV shows back in the late 70s, early 80s. Uh, and I spoke at about 100 university and colleges on a lecture circuit. And I would promote these books and do all these call-in radio shows and so forth. Uh, but let me tell you, those books, those secular books, with all that hype, never touched the first book I wrote about the Virgin Mary with no publicity. It, it sold it, well, let me see, about uh, 10 to 15 times as much as my biggest secular book that was promoted on shows like yeah. with Brian Gumbel and, and, and Jane Pauley. So, you know, wow. um, when, the, when, the Holy, when the Holy Spirit, Nightline, when the Holy Spirit wants to get something around, that's your broadcaster. Truly. You know, Mike, Mike one thing I'd like to know, and this is just a totally off that topic, but why is the Shrine of Our Lady of Martyrs declined so much in attendance up there in my experience, the Order of Sanctity, and you visited? I mean, uh, I think the Jesuits it's have a, moved it's down. A, it's, a, it's, a, it's one of the reasons I moved from there. It's a, uh, to be uh, uh, candid about it, it's a spiritually yeah. barren area. And oh. uh, there was a lot of liberalism in the Church. It's changing now, but it's going to take a while. And, and and there was no spiritual support for that shrine. It's you know financial support is one thing, but there was yeah. no spiritual. You'll find parts of the country that are spiritually alive, and other parts that are are, are dead. And that's oh, why okay. I, I never aspired to live in Florida. But we we had so many viewers on Spirit Daily. I said, boy, I, I'm going to go take a look at what's going on down there. And spiritually, yeah. it opened things up for us. There's you know. You go where the blessing is, and only the Holy Spirit will guide you to that. Well, you know, I, when I was talk, trying to catch you the other day, I spoke to your wife a bit, and I gave her a clue on checking out Pensacola because it's such a it's a little diamond in the rough that nobody knows about in Florida, and it's only 150,000, and it's just beautiful beaches. I mean, just knock them out beaches, and inexpensive, too, which is... Yeah, I'm in the panhandle right now. Oh, yeah, I, I just love it. Uh Heidi, have you ever heard of the Gulf Shores, uh, see, Gulf Islands National Seashore, I guess it's called? Oh, no. Oh, it's nobody ever has. <laughs> but it's mm-hmm. beautiful. Or, 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 or say, to get back to St. St. Joseph uh, State Park, if you want to see some, some extraordinary beaches that haven't been infringed upon by, by many condos and so forth. But anyway, yes. yeah, God, God has a lot of things for us here and hereafter. Right. Well, you know, Mike, I I know it's you're in a rough situation talking wise and and, and you're commuting. Uh, I guess I better cut you loose. 
uh, in a couple seconds uh, to let you uh, enjoy your evening and travel all the way to Tallahassee and so forth. And, hey, uh, do you allow for people to submit stories to you, um, Michael? I'm, I'm curious because I sure would. Well, just, just you know, e- sure, email us a story on, on an experience. Rob. I, I, I love when I don't have to write <laughs> the story. Okay. I will <laughs> no, definitely no. do that, so I'll be in touch. Go, go do that and, and, and let us know your book. And, uh, and uh, sure, please email it to us. Awesome. I'll be all about it. Get, give me this weekend. It'll be there. <laughs> oh, well, Mike, okay, listen, well, I better cut you loose because I don't nice want to impose on your time. And, uh, well, Kevin and Heidi, thank you, for, thank you for having me. I'm, 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 I'm sorry it's abbreviated, but uh, it was That's nice good. being with both of you. Yes, thank I'll, you so too. much. Well, you have to be drive careful, and uh, we'll, we'll talk to you sometime soon. God bless you and all, all of your listeners. Same to you. Thank you. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. You know, it really is, even if you're not a Catholic, it really is a remarkable website. I mean, you find stuff in there yeah. that, uh, that you just don't find anywhere else. And uh, I don't know. I, I, he's obviously doing what he's supposed to be doing, too. I didn't, you know, he really has had quite an accomplished background in, in uh, journalism, <laughs> really has. Wow. And you let me on uh, to that uh, site, and I'm like, this is fantastic. I, I love you never know what the next. You never know what the next shoe's going to drop in there. I mean, all kinds of different stories, and he has near death experience stories, uh, various things. See, yes, I know there's a lot of evil out there in the paranormal, and I know there's satanically influenced issues, but some I think are just part and parcel of the way things are, without necessarily a demonic content. I mean, uh, many near death experiences, for example, have a very angelic content to them. And uh, and are actually very spiritually uplifting, and I don't think there's anything negative in and of themselves. But uh, and Mike, uh, he handles a lot of experiences like that. That's awesome. And That's so, cool that he's uh, open to submissions. I mean, yeah. my goodness, uh, Kevin, submit about your stuff that you've researched. I think it's fantastic. Well, I what could, you've I could, I yeah. could. I, you know, I just began with you. I didn't really think about it. But uh, yeah, I'm just like, hold on, this is a cool site. And to be a part of it, I mean, I, I think it's cool. I, I think it would be really, really neat. So might as well. Well, I mean, I'll tell you one thing, you know, just from the experiences I've had down there recently, I already relayed. It makes you more inclined to get your rear end out of the out of the sack and get to church every day because, you know, what am I going to have going to happen down there? Right. I mean, uh, right. you don't know. And, you know, actually, I enjoyed it when I was a daily communicant. Like, uh, oh, uh, Maria Shriver's father, uh, Sergeant Shriver, whatever his name was, he was a daily communicant. And there's a there's very few daily communicants. There's like I was a member of them for about a year, but there's probably thirty out of a church of twenty five thousand. <laughs> so uh, not not too many. But it, it was it's different. It was kind of different. But uh, you know, oh, we got some other stuff. Now I've got a lot of information for us on in the same vein tonight on Padre Pio, and we'll get into his information in a minute, but he was a a figure, a big figure in the 20th century. He died in 68, and he died in old age, of course, and we'll go through all his biography stuff in a little while, but mm-hmm. what I'm saying is this guy was like a giant among men, and the thing that was interesting about it too, Heidi, is it, um, well, he, it, you know, you know, like say he died in '68, but he was internationally known when he died. And of course, relatively modern times and TV, this, that, reporters, all that, and hobnobbing around people. So, in other words, he was a very well studied individual. 
I mean, this isn't something in the year 300 that maybe it happened, maybe it didn't. No, I mean, all kinds of stuff happened around this guy. And I guess with the little experiences I've had, you know, let alone somebody of his stature spiritually, uh, there's all kinds of, uh, and good Lord, you know, you saw Jesus. I mean, what the heck else do you need? <laughs> I mean, I mean uh, I'm just saying that, oh, golly, it's just a whole lot more to the world than the next sale or, uh, you know, yeah. aggravating neighbor or something like that. But uh, <laughs> it, it, it is reassuring. It really is. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And, uh, oh, I was going to, something on the secular news I was going to have before we ripped into Padre Pio was, uh, I was thinking about doing that in the last half hour, but right. I talked to, now get this. Okay. My boy Trump is kind of, well, basically shooting himself in the foot as they would say. No. Yeah. I mean, even I'd have to admit that. <laughs> I even talked to a retired air force colonel yesterday that thought that Trump was basically a jackass. And, Along with uh, Ann Coulter. Oh no, she's fine. Oh yeah, no, she's that's right. Yeah, she did. She doesn't yeah, she, like Trump. Yeah, I was surprised uh, by that. Well, because she just, comes off, she's like the female Trump. So I'm, I'm just really surprised well, that no, she's calling him is, that. What it is though, Heidi, I like his basic ideas, and he's the only one espousing what could be called basic American values, like we have a border, and we're not just a, you know, a flop house for everybody who wants to come in here, and we're not interested in having. But but outside houses. of the Muslim and the Mexican, you know, thing, what else do you like about him? You know, it's like because people always that, talk about those two things. Well, beyond that, though, there are some things that he's espoused that other people haven't. Uh, Bernie Sanders has some. In other words, I'm not in favor of shipping jobs to, uh, you know, Ford, Ford uh, assembly jobs to Mexico mm -hmm, or, any right. country, or any other country. They want to make them in Brazil or something, which has been done before, uh, VWs and stuff. I'm not in favor of exporting American jobs. I, and I definitely agree with Bernie Sanders as far as having a, a fellow that works 40 hours a week in this country needs to have a living wage. And I don't care. This will make you sick. Okay. Just for the heck of it. I looked on the computer and it had a little website that you could enter in your salary at a given year and it extrapolates it forward, allowing for inflation to what the current value would be in dollars. Okay. I'm 23 years old in Atlanta, let's say, which is what happened. And I was making 2600 a month. Do you know what, do you know what you'd have to make now to make that? Or to have the same buying power, mm. a hundred and forty-four thousand a year. Really, good lord! And of course, at twenty-three, that was a pretty good start. <laughs> but what yeah. I'm, but what I'm saying is, you know, that was extreme, yes. But what I'm saying is, the average guy, when before all I hit, before I was even that old, when I was just 20, barely turned twenty-one, soon I bought a house in metropolitan Atlanta, and it was no more difficult, Heidi, than buying a TV set at Sears or something. I mean, it just wasn't a big deal. It just, I mean, mm -hmm. it, the only big deal about it was not the affordability, in other words. It was the paperwork and the shenanigans and waiting for the house to get built. You know, just the procedure of it. It wasn't, can we afford it? Oh, how are we going to, how are we going to keep lights on? Or, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, mm -hmm. uh, like, I, okay, by contrast, there was a 21-year-old girl I talked to this week, and I was just at an AT&T store, and I was just shooting the breeze with her. This poor kid is 21. She works for AT&T. She's glad she's got her 
TNT job because she said, quote, I'll, at least I'll have a phone, end quote. And I was thinking, that's it? You're glad to have this job because you got a phone? <laughs> I mean, you know, that's like saying, gee, I've got a shirt on or something. You know, it just don't sound like a real reason to have a job. <laughs> but what I'm saying is her, it's what he called diminished expectations or something. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of kids right now, Heidi. Kids, my foot, they're 30 years old. I know, I know this one guy who's related to my business partner's wife. You know, he's like some kind of pseudo relation. I guess he's her nephew. Mm-hmm. This kid, this kid is 30 years old. The only job, uh, you know, resume he could come up with is working at McDonald's or working at a bean plant in Fort Worth for about two weeks. <laughs> I mean, this kid is 30 years old. I'm thinking, great, Scott. And he lives with his grandmother. And drives drives her around, and the only reason he has a vehicle is because she she lets him drive her old leftover car from her deceased husband. I mean, we're talking a whole uh, okay. There's 16 million millennials, they call them, and I believe there's more that live at home for that reason. There's even a show coming up. I I, I think it's NBC or one of them that's called uh, Golly, what is it called? I uh, it's crowded. That's it, crowded. It's a new show coming up, and uh, it deals with that issue. And it even says 16 million millennials are living at home, blah, 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 like that, because they can't afford to live on their own. Uh-huh. And Heidi, that never happened in my day. It never did. Wow. That's, that's wild. I, 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 I don't know. It's not it's surprising. That it's that extreme. And yeah. like I, I see in West Fort Worth, which is a fairly comfortable area, it's not. You know, it's more upscale than anything. It's not super upscale, but it's nice. And you see more people walking around with knapsacks and such as that. And uh, you never used to see that. And, you know, I used to split my time between Florida and Maryland. And and you couldn't in the winter live, be homeless in, in Maryland or you'd be dead. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, minus 15 or something, you're going to be dead. You know, and uh, Chicago, I don't even know how. Well, you told me they take them in or something, but. Yeah. I mean, other, all I'm trying to say is, Heidi, the world has gone upside down. And yes, there's issues that Sanders uh, mentions that, uh, that Trump has also at least given word noise to, that we need to stop exporting our jobs, let people have a living wage. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't see how a fair, just person could say anything different. Yeah. And even, But the trouble with Trump is he's got no sense about when to shut up. Well, and today is National Equal Pay Day for women and men. So yeah. if they had, you know, dollar for dollar matched, that would be nice to, to have a, a livable wage for women, well, I, too. Well, I, I'm, I've always been in favor of that. If a woman yeah. does a job, you just get paid for it. But, mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, there's a lot of ne'er-do-well guys that leave, leave the woman, stiffer with the kids, and say yeah. off into the set. I mean, that's been an old story for many years. But what I'm saying is, Heidi, this, this this whole thing is nuts. And what I'm mad at Trump about is I'm mad at him because he's the only one that was espousing something that really means anything, like our basic standard of living and some integrity of being an American, et cetera. And this yo-yo has to screw it up by having little temper tantrums, being lewd. And in other words, he's your only spokesman or just about your only spokesman. He's shooting himself in the foot. Yeah, that's not you cool. what I'm saying? Yeah, it's not cool. I, well, I'd be angry, too, if it was somebody I was really behind and they're just, you know, 
just slapping people silly. I mean, I don't know if you saw the SNL uh, <laughs> parody. It oh, was pretty oh. funny. No, I didn't see that one. I, I've seen so many others. Like Jimmy Fallon's always got a little piece on Trump. He's going to be brokenhearted when Trump disappears or something if he does. Yeah, all the material goes away. I, I don't understand this outright, you know, they're just trying – his own party is trying to rip him apart so badly. I personally am not for Trump. I'm not at all. I don't. I don't like a lot that he stands for and how he speaks. And, uh, but you know, he's getting these these votes. Uh, what is it that you know? Why are they? What's the blockade going on? You know, it's it's well. Now there's a lot of vested. There's a lot of vested interests that are running contrary to Trump, and they have very. They're very well moneyed and well funded. Yeah. And they're trying. To, they're trying to submarine him for their own vested interests. Yeah, because it's... a lot of rats would be like leaving the sinking ship because, uh, I mean, Trump, whatever it's worth, Trump, I think, would try to play straight up ball with, you know, the United States getting its dollars value worth. And, well, and the, 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 the neurosurgeon was if he was getting all of these votes, you know, would they try to slap stuff against him, too? I mean, he's a neurosurgeon yes, who just yes. thought, I'm going to run for president, you know, and yes, that's they what would. Trump they did. would. Heidi, they would, Heidi. And it turns out that Ted Cruz's wife is the connect to all the big money, the Goldman Sachs people. Uh -huh. So at first at first uh, blush, it would look like Ted Cruz is like a lily white outsider. But he's not. He's as dirty as homemade sin. But at any rate, let, <laughs> let's come back after our break and we'll talk about Padre Pio and other issues. And we'll be right back. You're listening to IRN, the Inception Radio Network, Chicago, Illinois. Are you looking for a cure for boredom? Never worry. IRN's new interactive website introduces a number of ways to pass time while you listen to your favorite show. Choose anything from the IRN chat lounge, the game lounge, video lounge, or the mood lounge. These fun, exciting features let you chat in real time with fellow listeners, view live skywatches, play daily posted online games, or pick a show based on topic. The choices are endless. Use your time wisely, keeping it all on IRN. Don't have a computer? Is your internet connection down? Don't worry. Use your trusty cell phone or landline and call into our listen line at 401-283-6700 to listen to the Inception Radio Network 24-7. Again, that call-in number is 401-283-6700. For the Inception Radio Network, I am MJ. This is MJ saying hello and sharing an awesome secret I discovered. It's called DreamNuage.com. Fresh, raw, organic ingredients are used to create all their products. They are made in very small batches to ensure quality and freshness. Handmade in the USA, each product is created with care and with the finest organic ingredients. There are no preservatives, dyes, or chemicals in any product. Stop by Dream Nuage and relax. That's D-R-E-A-M-N-U-A-G-E.com. Simple, raw, organic.
Well, it's good to be back with Heidi. And uh, I don't know, Heidi, but but following up on what we were saying, what makes me mad, though, what makes me mad is that the only champion of, shall we say, uh, or traditional values is shooting himself in the foot by being a personal idiot. And by the way, I know some people that have had exposure to him in person. Yeah. And uh, he's a complete anus. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, I mean, a tight that's, that's sphincter. The, okay. Oh, he is. I mean, uh, I, I, he's not anybody you'd want to spend a lot of time with. Let's put it that way. And that's, that's being very diplomatic. And uh, I'm not. But here again, I would put up with that. I don't have to go have lunch with him. I just want him to do what's right by us. And and he is a powerful individual, at least personally. And I think he would try to get his programs accomplished. And that's what makes me mad because the only guy that could carry the ball looks like isn't going to carry the ball. That's all I'm saying. I got you. Well, you know, I'm playing a, a tiny little violin over here, but my yeah. arms are messed up. <laughs> well, not only that, but the, and then Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz is just a complete sack of rubbish once the <laughs> once the bugs came out of the cabinet <laughs> because, uh, you know, it's like the roaches all of a sudden showed up out of the cabinet on the Craig, Ted Cruz story. Because, okay, you know, of course, the National Enquirer had uh, uh, an expose of how Cruz is, you know, on the D.C. Madams list and this, this one, that one, the other one. And Cruz said, oh, it's not true. And the Enquirer, to their credit, said, okay, mister, go ahead and sue us and we'll see who wins. And we'll counter sue you. And uh, nothing's yeah. happened. That's so, weird. I, you know, Cruz is, I mean, Cruz is the ugliest, uh, you know, uh, he's, guy out there to be chasing ladies. Let's put it that way. Oh, he's, you know, he is. He, do you remember the big boy restaurants? I always wondered what yeah, happened if big boy big, drove, if he grew up. And I, big boy? Yeah. I, be, I believe that Cruz is the poster child of Big Boy. He looks like, I mean, he's got that doughy, and, yeah, and the way that he talks there, is very a... mechanical. It it drives me up a wall. It's so, oh, it's so stiff and awkward. I yeah, I cringe I mean, when I watch him speak. I, I just I can't know, take it. I didn't know that you folks up there in the middle of the country had Shoney's. I thought that was just a southern thing. I didn't know. Uh, you know, my dad's from Georgia. We've traveled all over Oh, the yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Okay, that's right. That's where, of course, yes. I got across Shoney's in Atlanta. Yeah, but, uh, Big okay, Boy's okay. restaurant. I remember oh, those. Oh, Shoney's Big Boy, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were with the, that odd-looking child. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, but Chris. really, I think what he really looks more like is Grandpa and the Monsters, the old the old. Oh, yes, show. he Yes, the 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 vampire. Oh yeah, for sure. Because yeah, mm -hmm. they've actually had photos in, on Facebook, face by, side by side. It looks like. Yeah, you know, that was uh, me that posted that. <laughs> I really did. <laughs> and something about the Kasich guy that I want to go get a, a, a can of Raid and spray him. There's something bad about him too. So I, I it's hard to satisfy. And and Hillary, my God, I'd I'd rather just go to go to Cuba or something, anything, than, than be run by her. So I mean, it's just a lot of problems. Yeah. But but I, now there have been some army generals. They've uh, been floating the potentiality if they had a contested convention. And they uh, see the delegates are only liable or bound by oath to support on the first vote. So like anybody, uh, a Trump delegate, for example, is only bound to vote the first time. And then after that, they're free agents. So they've had contested conventions before, way back in the 70s. And uh, it could happen again. 
Gotcha. And that's what this Kasich guy, Kasich guy is doing. He's kind of waiting in the weeds, figuring that there'll be like a stalemate. and He could rise to the occasion because he's kind of, he is whatever it's worth. They interviewed him tonight on the. Um, CNN, I, I saw. 60 Minutes. Not 60 oh, minutes, I, oh, I just saw him on CNN where he had his twin girls on there. It was uh, interesting. Yes, but there's something creepy about him anyway. I don't know what it is, but he just, I mean, he's, ugh, there's something like, you know, bug on the floor creepy about him. But uh, I don't know. I mean, I, it's just hard to get what you want, Heidi. And, and Trump was as close as I could get. But like I say, I'm with Ann and that I was kind of feel betrayed. Yeah. I, I wish you. she'd run. I'd, I'd vote for her two. So I'd vote for her three times. Good Lord. So anyways, Padre Pio is a lot more uh, interesting. <laughs> well, yes, I guess so. But I'm still. Do educate still, us. I'm, 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 okay. I'm really interested. I am okay. interested. Okay. Now, like I say, the fellow died in 68. But, get my notes out here, but this guy was well studied. I mean, uh, of course, he was always based in Italy. But, uh, you know, his, uh, well... His reputation preceded him, and he was a Heidi at his height. He would hear confessions, for example, mm -hmm. and you'd have to wait three days at the monastery he was at to hear a confession for him to get worked out to you. In other words, it was two, three hundred in line ahead of you at every, any time. Now, he was born in 1887 in Benevento, Italy. He died at age 81. At said San Giovanni Rotondo in Italy, and that was the uh, essentially the monastery where he lived most of his life. And uh, he was a uh, well, he was well known as a a stigmatist. He he had the signs of uh, the wounds of Jesus in his hands and feet, and uh, you know uh, he always he was always wearing gloves to cover him up and what have you, and. Uh, you know, uh, Michael Brown was talking earlier in the show that he had he had come across in his uh, work uh, Maria Esperanza, who was uh, the seer at Batania. That was a uh, Venezuelan uh, Marian apparitional site, and she also had stigmata. It's, it does. It just does happen. Do, do you know? I, I at some point will have to tell you about a, a friend I knew that had stigmata. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Well, see, it does happen. I mean, it really yeah. does. And yep. it's not the kind of thing you'd feign or anything like that, especially not for low as many years that he did. Yeah. yeah. But uh, he uh, he actually served for a short period of time in the Italian army during World War Two. No, wait a minute. World War Two. Yeah. But uh, but no, 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 it was World War One. That's right. It was World War One. He, he was in the medical corps. And uh, I guess, you know, it's all hands on deck and for the Italians. And uh, the thing is, here's there's the things that are associated with this man are so amazing. Like, OK, this stigmata is bizarre enough. But uh, it's weird that you had a friend that had the stigmata. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's really bizarre. And it can't, did it come and go with her or did, was it just always? OK, I'll, I'll tell you, I was in college and I, I worked at a bakery. And yeah. uh, right next to the bakery department, inside of a grocery store, was a deli department. And one of my favorite people to work with, she was just a hoot, worked in the deli department. And 
um, this one day we both had to go in the back room and, and wash like some things off uh, for our departments. And I saw like she was a very pale girl, and I saw the center of her hands were just like like ready to crack open and bleed, just the center. And I'm like, really? whoa! I'm like, what's what's going on? And she like you know puts her hands down real quick. She's like, what what what? And I see on the tops of her hands the same spot. I'm like, what? I'm like, are you okay? And she's like, she looks around. She's like, um, I've got this really strange thing. She's like, I don't understand. My dad had this too. And I said, well, tell me, you know what? And she's like, you know, she said, my hands bleed from Good Friday to Easter. That's it. And I said, come on. And she's like, no, Heidi, they will open and they'll bleed and then they'll close right after. I'm like, come on. You know, this is just crazy. Just and annually. Just, just that little Yes. Plant. And she said, I wasn't sure if I would get it. But when I turned 18, I want to say she told me like the week after she turned 18 or the weekend of, her hands were bleeding. And she went to her dad. She's like, oh, my God, I got it, too. And he's like, his was, she said his was really, it was painful. And his would bleed, like, at any time. It was, like, embarrassing to him. I mean, it was just, like, any time. And I think he was a mechanic or something, so it got in the way. It was oh, messy. Oh, wow. I guess it would, yeah. Yeah, it was really uh, a problem. And uh, she was, um, yeah, she she was Catholic, too, I believe, and uh, she she treated she was like a little embarrassed about it at first, but then I yeah. oh and I was the one that found what it was called, and and I I was like it's called stigmata. I'm like there's other people out there. She's like you are kidding me, and I told her what book I had found, and she went to go read about it. She thought that her and her father were just you know cursed or something. She really had no clue about it. Well, see, I, I know, and actually, Padre Pio was kind of embarrassed over it. His didn't go away. But he was he was kind of embarrassed over it, and uh, oh, some wags said that he uh, did it intentionally, but that's not true. He, he wouldn't do that and be embarrassed over it. And also, you know, he was yeah. already mm-hmm. also you got to understand he was already a friar. I mean, basically a monk. I mean, he's not making any money by having stigmata, and there's like you say, plenty of other people that have them. Right. So I mean, it's, it's certainly nothing I'd want, and uh, but there's other things that. Like, for example, I'll read some ex- examples here in a minute, but some of the things, the association of uh, bizarre events connected with Padre Pio are really remarkable. I'm talking even by location, where he was seen by people in a foreign country in Europe at the same time he was also seen very reliably in another area, I mean, in, in Italy. Wow. So, I mean, I mean... And people asked him about the bilocation, and his response was, I can't explain it. And, but, I mean, he would also know stuff about, uh, say, the people that came to confession. Like I say, he'd see, like, just a, and instead of just a handful of co- – see, I'll be honest with you, Heidi. I'm not a big uh, confessor-type guy. I mean, I do go, but most Catholics don't. I mean, like I say, my church is – Oh, great, Scott, it's 25,000 people. And when you go to confession, there's oh, six to ten people. I mean, it's not – people don't like confession. I mean, I'm not saying that that doesn't happen. But, I mean, you would figure that, you know, great, Scott, there'd be 100, 200 every, every confessional interval like in Thursdays, right? But there's not. Hmm. And what I'm saying is uh, – so, by contrast, 
Padre Pio would see two or three hundred at a time or something like that. I mean, it's enormous amounts. Well, I don't know about two or three hundred, but I mean, 50, mm. 60, 70 a day, whatever. And I mean, just enormous amounts. But he would know fascinating facts about their life, like if someone was cheating on their spouse or whatever they were doing. That's because and, the person uh, ahead of them probably confessed to being the one that was cheating with them. <laughs> Well, no, it wasn't that neat, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm but I mean, all, all kinds of knowledge that you and, – and we'll yeah. go into some of the examples here after the next break that okay. that are just mind-blowing. That Like, talk about coincidence. There's no way, no how that it could happen. And like I say, the good part about this guy, he was as well-studied. There's plenty of books out on him. Mm-hmm. But the, he was well-studied. He, he was not a phony by any means. Uh, the stigmata was the – smallest of the issues i mean the uncommon knowledge and the bilocation and all this uh on a very intimate level with the people he was surrounded in and confession and stuff it was so powerful that it, it makes the idea of coincidence seem like yeah a joke a joke but i'm glad there's things like that i really am I mean, to think it was just the brick and the mortar and the fleas and, um, <laughs> you know. Uh, Fascinating. I, I don't know if I ever told you that when I'd gone to the Vatican, I had um, I had more recently had the Jesus encounters, and I was just blown away. And well, my I, don't friend, mean to, I don't mean to rough yeah, honey, I know. but we'll, I know. Last break. we'll, yeah, we'll be so right back. Listening to IRN, the Inception Radio Network, Chicago, Illinois. Illinois. Don't have a computer? Is your internet connection down? Don't worry. Use your trusty cell phone or landline and call into our listen line at 401-283-6700 to listen to the Inception Radio Network 24-7. Again, that call-in number is 401-283-6700. For the Inception Radio Network, I am MJ. Do you have a smartphone? If so, Inception Radio Network is the best app for you. Available on iTunes, Android, Samsung, and most other app stores. Just search Inception Radio Network. With the app, you can listen live, check out podcasts of recent and past shows, view our videos, see what shows are coming up, who the guests are, and, via the chat room, send live questions to those guests. You know it makes sense. Check your app store now. Inception Radio Network. I'll see you there. Inception Radio Network listeners, would you like your favorite show to be played live on air? Well, now the choice is in your hands with IRN's Live Request Portal, an easy way to request your favorite show with a simple click. IRN's Live Request Portal now gives you exclusive access to all the shows. How easy is it? Simply type a show name or a guest name, click request, and even write a dedication message. That's it. Try it now. Simply visit InceptionRadioNetwork.com, click on the Live Request tab under the show menu. Playing your favorite show is just a mass click away. Hello, IRN listeners. This is MJ saying hello and sharing an awesome secret I discovered. It's called DreamNuage.com. Fresh, raw, organic ingredients are used to create all their products. They are made in very small batches to ensure quality and freshness. Handmade in the USA... 
Each product is created with care and with the finest organic ingredients. There are no preservatives, dyes, or chemicals in any product. Stop by Dream Nuage and relax. That's D-R-E-A-M-N-U-A-G-E.com. Simple, raw, organic. going to be back with Heidi and Heidi uh this has been a good show we've got I've, I'll whip out some Padre Pio uh, miracles yeah I, I want to hear about these okay now the first one that's been identified with him occurred in 1908 and he was living in a monastery Montefusco and uh one day he gathered chestnuts growing nearby forest in a bag and sent the bag to uh, excuse my Italian here Pietrel Sina to his Aunt Daria. And uh, the woman received and ate the chestnuts, saved the bag as a souvenir. And uh, unfortunately, she had a household accident. And in the evening, she used a candle to light the room, and the drawer caught on fire, and it caused her face to be burned. And essentially, she took the bag that Peel had sent her. And she he put it on she put it on her face and her immediately her pain disappeared and no wounds appeared on the woman's face no scarring no nothing. In other no. words, she the, the bag that he'd sent the, the chestnuts in. In other words, anything like a a relic of a saint you've heard of them you know, uh, having relics of saints different places. Well, I guess this was in, a, in essence his a relic of him, and it it uh, saved his aunt from being scarred and so mm. forth. That was the first one, but I mean, there's a whole, I mean, there's books worth of them. Uh, okay, uh, there was a, he would look at the people who saw him as being like spiritual daughters or sons and so forth, and um, was reading a letter on the side, uh, was reading a letter from Padre Pio on the side of the road, was this lady, and the wind blew the letter away, blew it downhill to a meadow, you know, you know how stuff can get caught in a tough wind. It keeps going and going and going. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly, all of a sudden, it stopped flying and settled on a stone. 
you know, after all this big wind blown thing. And the woman got her letter back. And the day after she met P.O., and he told her, you have to pay attention to the wind next time. If I hadn't put my foot on the letter, it would have flown away far into the valley. Now, in other words, <laughs> he knew what happened to her in a isolated moment. That's what I say, unusual knowledge of the people he came into contact with. Uh, very much like by location. Mm. And very much like, uh, well, it doesn't have a holy content to it, but very much like uh, remote viewing. Yeah, you know, I'm, I, when I hear of, like, miracles from way back when, and, you know, it's always amazing to me how the word of things from so long ago are, are taken more with more value than what's being poured out today. You know, that are paranormal uh, events. They're considered paranormal events, you know, but there were well, miracles back then. So it's, it's well, interesting. Well, no, I do believe that, you know, uh, that some of his situations were miracles, uh like the thing with the lady's fa his aunt's face being saved, uh, that's certainly uh, better than just doing some uh, oh uh, <laughs> religion or some you know mental snooping like the feds. But okay, now here's one: a woman at at San Giovanni Rotundo was a good person, uh, so much that when she came to Matt, uh, you know, confession with Pio, he, he didn't have much to tell her, you know, and. Uh, she felt seriously ill. Doctors didn't see any help, hope for her husband, five kids, uh, you know, went to see the CPO to get him to pray for, ask for help and all this, and uh, cried, carried on, all this. And, uh, well, he said that the lady in question would resuscitate on Easter Day. Not get better, understand, said she would resuscitate on Easter Day. But on Good Friday, this woman lost consciousness and fell into a coma. After on the next day, after a few hours, she died. Hmm. And you know, some of her relatives took her wedding dress to put on her, like it's an old tradition in that area. You know, gets buried in your wedding dress or something. But uh, others went to the convent to ask Peel for a miracle, and he answered them saying she will be resuscitated. Okay, and. Uh, Went, and he was, went to start Mass, and when he started to sing the Gloria and the sounds of the bells announced Christ's resurrection, Pio's voice broke off with a sob, and his eyes were full of tears. You know, in other words, something gripped him. And at that same moment, this woman resuscitated from the dead. And uh, wherever she was, she, she got up from the bed, knelt down and prayed the creed three times, and smiled. And uh, basically, she was resuscitated. And uh, they asked her what happened, and she says, I went up, went up, went up. When I entered into a great light, I came back. In other words, it was a near-death experience. But, but the point is he had uncommon knowledge. Mm -hmm. And I, I know that's a little disjointed to read it that way uh, and tell you, but in essence what it is, there are hundreds of these stories. This is no more coincidence than I'm uh, you know, uh, from I'm, Egypt. I'm curious, did he take the credit of these miracles or did he say no. God did this? He always said God. He always okay. said. It was uh, mankind. Always... It was the Catholic Church that gave him credit. I mean, yes. saint. Well, there were some people that were jealous of him in the church because it's like, you know, frankly, it's like many other organizations. There's professional jealousies and what have you. Mm -hmm. And 
And uh, but what I'm saying, his detractors would say, "Oh, he's phoning up the stigmata, yeah, baloney." I mean, yeah, it doesn't no. sound like anybody would want to phony up stigmata. I wouldn't want to. Yeah, it's uh, from what I've heard with my friend, who I'm trying to look up right now online to see. Because yeah. I mean, it would be kind of. I always told her she should go to the church and say, "Hey, you know, check out my bloodline. What's going on here?" But because uh, yeah. it's running in families. But um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's something that I, I wouldn't. I didn't find very comforting for these people that were suffering with it uh, there's a question no. in the chat room uh john is asking uh if if Pio ever visited fatima not to my knowledge not to my knowledge now, i don't know everything about him i'm not really a biographer of him but i've not heard that he had because one thing he did uh he was seen in a few places but for the most part the san giovanni rotondo he uh giovanni rotondo he basically kept uh, close uh, contact with that friar, that friary or mm-hmm. order, monastery, whatever monastery, I guess. And uh, he basically stayed there. He wasn't a yet about guy. I have got to ask you this for myself. I mean, and trying to understand, you know, creating a saint out of someone. It, it so it they make these, you know, these posters, these pictures, and yes. and they, I mean. You know, me being Christian, you know, it's like the first, uh, you know, commandment, thou shalt have no other God before me, you know. And it's like, so when you when you hear, you know, oh, no, we're asking for them to intercede in our prayers. We're not praying to them, though they're holding pictures and pens and, and stuff. I, I don't understand it. So what is the point of sainthood? What What is, you know, why do people It's just a way to acknowledge your presence in the church and what have you. It's not anything. It's polytheistic or anything else. Matter of fact, Jesus even said, pray for each other and what have you. That's not right. the Catholic thing. But what I'm saying is I that uh, that's all it is. It's just a, a recognition, if you will, like the honor roll or something like that. And there's but, nothing wrong with it. So then what are the, the those that go to Catholic, you know, tr- you know, who are Catholic, why do they pray to the different saints? What is what is that process then? Why, why is that done? Well, you might have a patron saint you pray to, but I don't much. I mean, uh, I just you know pray, and uh, but I mean it's right. not as big a deal as you're as you're making it out to be. It isn't like oh. Oh no, I'm curious. I really am. Every time yeah, I ask, I mean, it's it, not the, like Saint John. Oh yes, I, yeah. you know, like have a daily but, conversation. Know, it's interesting yeah. when I've asked Catholics, they always take it as a, you know, they they get touchy to it, and I'm like, I really want to oh, know. Not, it's, yeah. well, <laughs> I really want to know. I want to understand this. Oh, no, 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 it's just an it. adjunct. It's just an adjunct, huh? and it's like. Uh, uh, it's like the CIA's got a, a wall full of deceased uh, heroes from operations in it i mean just acknowledging their contribution and so forth so it's you, like at, use them as an example is that what it is more or less yes yes now that you do i do have uh, saint patrick is my patron saint and but i mean it's not like i'm in daily conversation with him or something and uh, like that but i mean also uh you know, uh, Christians themselves, you know, of course, Catholicism is Christianity. I mean, if you compare all the Protestants that are thrown into a lump are, are not a hair well, off. But Catholics, the they'll say, I'm Catholic. I'll say, oh, are you Christian? They'll say, I'm Catholic. It's like they're separate. Oh, I'm well, like, that's, that's, that's weird. Yeah, I've well, heard it a lot. I'm like, what? But you've got to understand numerically Protestants are nothing, <laughs> but at any rate, that's not the point. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if you if you added Orthodox Catholics and Roman Catholics, that's 90% of Christianity. I mean, you know, there's enough Methodists to stick in a hat 
basket. But I mean, you know. But at any rate, all that being said, there's nothing to be afraid of in the saint thing. It's not polytheism. That's moronic. But it's uh, it's okay. It really is. Now, uh, we've got a good show coming up next week. We're going to have Richard S. Tep. He's going to be on with Haunted Hospitals. And the second half is going to be a pastor from Chicago. Oh, my. He's going to fix you. He'll fix you. <laughs> I might need to meet up with him so he could talk about you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, that sounds good. Well, I think it was a good show, and uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm glad to hear there's no destruction up there in Chicago. I guess we better uh, <laughs> sail off into the night. Okay, good night, everybody. <laughs>